Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. My soul is thirsty, Lord. Father, I say thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, because I wake up to your faithfulness this morning. I wake up to your loving kindness. I wake up to your mercies this morning. I wake up to your love. Father, thank you because you are not a man. Scripture says, Lord, you do not change. Lord, you do not repent like men. You do not change your mind like people. Lord, you are faithful and we can trust in that. We give you all the praise this morning for every blessing in our life. For the blessing of waking up this morning, we say, receive all our things. For the blessing, O oh God, of our families, we say, receive all our things. For the blessings, O oh God, in our lives of work, of a job, of a business, Lord of increase. For every blessing this morning, we say, Lord, receive all our things. We magnify you, Lord. We have come again, O oh God, to learn in your presence. Lord, someone is asking this morning that you will help them learn the lesson in the story of David. Father, we are asking that you will speak to us. We are asking, Lord, that you will cause our hearts to retain your word. Your word says that it is not the hearers of the world that are blessed, but the doers of the world. So we pray this morning that we will not just be hearers, we will not just be those, Lord, who hear your word, but those who understand and practice them. We give you all the praise this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. All right, welcome to everyone. Welcome to Devotion this morning. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you, whatever time you are in. My name is Murphy Eyenike, sharing devotion with you. Let's get back to our reading of the book of First Samuel. Yesterday, we stopped on First Samuel chapter 18. Today, we will be taking chapter 19 and 20 chapter 19 we see uh, the jealous the jealousy of Saul go into overdrive and then he tries you know, to kill David tries to target him a few times but God continues to watch over David and protect him and then of course in chapter 20 David has no choice but to flee and um, Saul is chasing him about trying to get him but god is with him i remember someone discussing this with with me and asking how this applies you know to us today uh saul and david could easily be uh a boss and maybe a worker uh could be uh two people where one person is stronger than you and is trying to oppress you 
uh, be like David, okay? Be able to trust God. I'm telling you, when God is the one fighting your battle, you can hold your peace and be sure that God uh, will deliver you. So remember where we left off the story? Um, at this point in chapter 18, David had married El Milka. And then uh, Saul was sending him around, trying to get him killed. But God was giving David success on every side. All right, join me in First Samuel chapter 19. Let's start reading from verse 1. Saul so now urged his servant and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. But Jonathan, because of his strong affection for David, told him what his father was planning okay so at this point the jealousy was now in overdrive it has come to the point of assassination remember that Saul had tried to do it himself twice uh, albeit he made it look as if he was raving mad you know remember that um, when that spirit comes upon him he is in distress David was the only one who could play the lair so well that, you know, he calms down. But he pretends as if he's, you know, being controlled by that spirit. And twice he tried to kill David. Now that he has not been successful, he's asking his men and his own son that, look, let's, let's take out this guy. And, of course, Jonathan tells David, he told him what his father was planning Tomorrow morning, he warned him, you must find a hiding place out in the fields. I will ask, I will ask my father to go out there with me and I will talk to him about you. Then I will tell you everything I can find out. The next morning, Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying, saying many good things about him. The king must not sin against his servant David, Jonathan said. He never is never done anything to harm you. He has always helped you in any way he could. Have you forgotten about the time he risked his life to kill the Philistine giant and how the Lord brought a great victory to all Israel as a result? You were certainly happy about it then. Why should you murder an innocent man like David? There is no reason for it at all. So Saul listened to Jonathan and vowed, as surely as the Lord lives, David will not die. So obviously, Jonathan and David had this plan. David was supposed to be hiding somewhere in the fields, in the bush. And um, Jonathan tricks his father. It looks as if they are going on a walk and then they are just in on the way. And of course, Jonathan brings up David and is trying to tell his father, look, you shouldn't, we shouldn't do this. Why should we kill David? He has been faithful to you. He has protected you and all and all. And Saul, I guess, <laughs> being smart, you know, vows that as surely as the Lord lives, David would not be killed. Okay? <laughs> but obviously, uh, anyone can tell that he was pretending 
maybe he, he, he knew that oh, it is possible that my son Jonathan would betray me. Verse 7 says, Afterward, Jonathan called David and told him what had happened. Then he brought David to Saul, and David served in the court as before. Verse 8 says, War broke out again after that, and David led his troop against the Philistines. He attacked them with such fury that they all ran away. But one day, when Saul was sitting at home with spear in hand, the tormenting spirit from the Lord suddenly came upon him again. As David played the harp, Saul hurled his spear at David, but David dodged out of the way, and leaving the spear stuck, stuck in the wall, he fled and escaped into the night. Verse 11, Then Saul sent troops to watch David's house. Uh, they were told to kill David when he came out the next morning. But Milcah, David's wife, okay, uh, warned him, If you don't escape tonight, uh, you will be dead by morning. So she helped him climb out through a window, and he fled and escaped. So this is what happen when, happens when God is the one fighting, fighting your battle. You will find out things that you should not find out. Uh, things will just come. The enemy's plans will just fall into your laps. And God, you know, will just be making ways for you. Where there seems to be no way. Here it is Milka, okay, that tells David, look, this is what my father is planning. Probably, maybe she just uh, hears what is what they are planning. But she loves David and she does not want her husband to die. So she tells him, look, guy, you have to escape and it has to be done tonight. And somehow she knew where uh, the, the guards were not watching and where he would be able to escape through. Then she took an idol. Remember, she led him and she allowed him through the window and he fled and escaped. Verse 13 says, then she took an idol and put it in his bed covered it with blankets and put a cushion of goat's hair at its head. <laughs> when the troops came to arrest David, she told them he was sick and couldn't get out of bed. But Saul sent the troops, the troops back to get David. He ordered, bring him to me in his bed so I can kill him. So obviously the troops would have come and they wanted to go in. They can see that there's somebody lying in the bed. They can see his hair, you know, covered with the blankets. And <laughs> you don't want to offend the king's daughter by going into a bedroom, right? Okay, so the, the, the troops, naturally, the soldiers held their peace and go back to return to Saul. The guy is still inside. You know, uh, but at that point, Saul became angry. Go and bring him whatever is. I can still be sleeping at this time, but thank God, God is the one fighting, fighting for David. That gave David enough time to escape. Verse sixteen. But when they came to carry David out, they discovered that it was only an idol in the bed with a cushion of goat's hair at its head. Why have you betrayed me like this and let my enemy escape? Saul demanded of Micah. I had to, Micah replied. He threatened to kill me if I didn't help him. 
smart girl. So David escaped and went to Ramah to see Samuel, and he told him all that Saul had done to him. Then Samuel took David with him to, to, to live at Nahoth. When the report reached Saul that David was at Nahoth in Ramah, he sent troops to capture him. But when they arrived and saw Samuel leading a group of prophets who were prophesying, the Spirit of God came upon Saul's men and they also began to prophesy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 21 says, When Saul heard what had happened, he sent other troops, but they too prophesied. The same thing happened, to a, happened a third time. Finally, Saul himself went to Ramah and arrived at the great well in Seku, where, uh, where at Samuel and David, he demanded they are at Nehoth in Ramah, someone told him. But on the way to Nehoth in Ramah, the Spirit of God came even upon Saul, and he too began to prophesy all the way to Nehoth. He tore off his clothes and lay naked on the bed all day. Mm, sorry, he lay naked on the ground. Don't, don't mind me. My eyes were trying to be, <laughs> to be magnanimous to him. He lay naked on the ground all day and all night, prophesying in the presence of Samuel. The people who were watching exclaimed, What? Is even Saul a prophet? So I'm telling you, um, if someone is trying to oppress you, for no just cause, hold your peace. Allow God to fight your battle. I'm telling you, you can trust in God. So that does not mean you're not listening to God because obviously David is listening to God, right? Uh, okay, he knows what when he's supposed to run. He's running away at the right time. He knows when he has to move. In fact, all through this story, you will see that Saul continues to chase David and somehow God will always just tell David where to take, where to run. Sometimes it was so so close within a breath uh, for Saul to get him, but God will always tell David how to escape. So yes, so when I say hold your peace, that does not mean you should just sit there and do nothing. But hold your peace as, as in not needing to fight yourself. Allow God uh, be the one to fight. And I'm telling you, God will defend you. Right, let's take chapters 20. Obviously, Jonathan has found out what his father is trying to do. And he's like, Dad, Dad, you told me nothing was going to happen to this guy, right? You know, you literally vowed to me. So what's going on? So chapter 20 from verse 1 says, David now fled from Naoth in Ramah and found Jonathan. What have I done? He exclaimed. What is my crime? How have I offended your father that he is so determined to kill me? That's not true, Jonathan protested. You are not going to die. He always tells me everything he is going to do. <laughs> Sorry, Jonathan, not this one. He always tells me everything he is going to do, even the little things. I know my father wouldn't hide something like this from me. It just isn't so. Verse 3, then David took an oath before Jonathan and said, Your father knows perfectly well about our friendship. So he has said to himself, I won't tell Jonathan. Why should I hurt him? But I swear to you that I, I am only a step, a, a step away from death. I swear it by the Lord and by 
by your own soul. Hmm. Verse 4, tell me what I can do to help you, Jonathan exclaimed. David replied, tomorrow I will celebrate the, the new moon festival. I've always eaten with, with the king on this occasion, but tomorrow I will hide in the field and stay there until the evening of the third day. If your father asks where I am, tell him I ask permission to go to go home to Bethlehem for an annual family sacrifice. If he says, fine, uh, you will know all is well. But if he is angry and loses his temper, you will know he is determined to kill me. Show me a disloyalty as my son friend. For we made a solemn pact before the Lord. Or kill me yourself if I have sinned against your father. But please don't betray me to him. Never, Jonathan exclaimed. You know that if I had the slightest notion my father was planning to kill you, I would tell you at once. Then David asked, how will I know whether or not your father is angry? I'm telling you, if I was Saul by this time, I would have given up. All right, my firstborn, Jonathan, the next person that should have been king after me, you know, is supporting this guy. He's his best friend, son friend. In fact, there's a covenant between them. And then the daughter I taught, I planted in his house, uh, Mika, is in love with him. In fact, actually helps him to escape. You know, so when two of your children are already with this guy, what else do you want to do? You know, so if I was, if I was him, I would have just given up. You know, um, but so will not. Let's take verse 10. Since then David asked, how will I know whether or not your father is, ang- is angry? 11. Come out to the field with me, Jonathan replied, and they went out there together. Then Jonathan told David, I promise by the Lord, the God of Israel, that by this time tomorrow or the next day at the latest, I will talk to my father and let him and let you know at once how he feels about you. If he speaks favorably about you, I will, I will, I will let you know. But if he is angry and wants you killed, may the Lord strike me and even kill me if I don't warn you so you can escape and leave. May the Lord be with you as he used to be with my father. So even Jonathan knows that the, the Lord was no longer with his father. Verse 14 says, And may you treat me with the faithful love of the Lord as long as I live. But if I die, I treat my family with this faithful love, even when the Lord destroys all your enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a solemn pact with David, saying, May the Lord destroy all your enemies. And Jonathan made David reaffirm his vow of friendship again, for Jonathan loved David as he loved himself. I'm telling you, David and Jonathan had what you would call a true friendship. They were literally soulmates. Okay, so their bonds was going to go beyond themselves. It was to reach even their children. Okay, so... And that was it. Yes, they had this pact already between them and they loved one another genuinely. Verse 18 says, Then Jonathan said, Tomorrow we celebrate the new moon festival. You will be missed when your place at the table is empty. The day after tomorrow, toward, toward evening, 
go to the place where you eat before and wait there by the stone pile. I will come out and shoot three arrows to the side of the stone pile as though I were shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy to bring the arrows back. If you hear me tell him they are on this side, then you will know as surely as the Lord lives that all is well and there is no trouble. But if I tell him, go further, the arrows are still ahead of you, then it will mean that you must leave, leave immediately for the Lord is sending you away. And may the Lord make us keep our promises to each other for he has witnessed them. Verse 24, so David hid himself in the field, and when the new moon festival began, the king sat down to eat. He sat at his usual place against the wall, with Jonathan sitting opposite him, and Abner beside him, but David's place was empty. Saul didn't say anything about it that day, for he said to himself, something must have made David ceremonially unclean. Can you imagine? <laughs> so he's wishing this guy so much evil. So something would have made him ceremonially unclean. You know, that's why he's not able to come today. So tomorrow when he comes, someone you know that you have been trying to kill, but he was still awful. He will fall into my hands, okay? And then I will kill him. But sorry, King Saul, God is on David's side. Verse 27 says, but when David's place was empty again the next day, Saul asked Jonathan, why hasn't the son of Jesse been here for the meal either yesterday or today? Jonathan replied, David earnestly asked me if he could go to Bethlehem. He said, ah, please let me go for we are having a family sacrifice. My brother demanded that I be there. So please let me get away to see my brother. That's that's why he isn't here at the king's table. Saul, boiled with rage at Jonathan, you stupid son of a whore. Can you imagine this man? Your firstborn, you call the son of a whore. Hmm. Ah, <laughs> that, this is even very good language. The version that actually used prostitutes, actually. It says, you stupid son of a whore. He swore at him. Do you think I don't know that you want him to be king in your place, shaming yourself and your mother? As long as that son of Jesse is alive, you would never be king. Now go and get him so I can kill him. Can you imagine this guy? You know, so now Saul is plain, he's speaking his mind clearly. He's not pretending anymore to Jonathan. And of course, he was always aware that uh, there was a pact between Jonathan, Jonathan and David. But I'm sorry, oh King Saul, you should already have been afraid, right? You should have been afraid because the next person that should have been king is Jonathan. And Jonathan himself knows and agrees that David should be the king. Shouldn't that make you afraid? Uh, but no, you no, Saul is not. And he's trying to do, you know, do everything he can. He said, as long as, as David is alive, you, that Jonathan will never be king. <sighs> wow. He says, now go and get him so I can kill him. But why should he be put to death? Jonathan asked his father, what has he done? Then Saul hauled his spear. 
exactly what he had been doing he has done to david three times so then saul hurled a spear at jonathan intending to kill him so at last jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill david remember this was not secretly uh, this was in the full view everybody people were present you know when you you talk about the king's table during the festival you know the king would have invited guests you know to the table the king sits at one end uh, his most special guest sits at the other end opposite him in this instance it was jonathan and of course you had the soldiers and all those invited and it was right there in the in front of everybody you know that this argument is on and he holds a, a spear at his own son it says jonathan realized that his father was really determined to kill david Jonathan, verse 34, left the table in fierce anger and refused to eat on that second day of the festival, for he was crushed by his father's shameful behavior towards David. The next morning, as agreed, Jonathan went out into the field and took a young boy with him to gather his arrows. Start running, he told the boy, so you can find the arrows as I shoot them. So the boy ran, and Jonathan shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy had almost reached the arrow, Jonathan shouted, The arrow is still ahead of you. Hurry, hurry, don't wait. So the boy quickly gathered up the arrows and ran back to his master. He, of course, suspected nothing. Only Jonathan and David understood the signal. Then Jonathan gave his bow and arrow to the boy and told him to take them back to town. As soon as the boy was gone, David came out from where he had been hiding near the stone pile. Then David bowed three times to Jonathan with his face to the ground. I'm telling you, obviously David knows if, if it's not that this guy loves me so much, okay? If it's not that God has touched Jonathan's heart, you know, to this point, why would Jonathan, you know, risk everything? In fact, he doesn't want to be king as in God has told me that I will be king. Uh, this is the person that should have been king in my place. And he's willing to let go and allow me to be king. You know, and literally oppose his father. Even to the point of his own life. I'm telling you, um, David bowed down. You know, David was humble. I'm telling you, bowed down before Jonathan with his face to the ground. Both of them were in tears as they embraced each other and said goodbyes. I'm telling you, this is going to be one of the last time that they will see each other. Mm? He said goodbye, especially David. Verse 42 says, At last, Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn loyalty to each other in the Lord's name. The Lord is the witness of a bond between us and our children forever. Then David left and Jonathan returned to the town. Wow. So quite an amazing read. Um, I've been blessed by today's reading. If anything, I'm telling you, when God is fighting your battle, you can hold your peace. Okay? You can be sure that the Lord will defend will defend your cause the lord will just bring people your way who will protect you uh, the lord will just uh, bring information your way that you should not have known but i'm telling you the lord will you know, will just give you favor sometimes i've known 
instances where you know uh, there are people against a particular person and God just gave them favor and the same people who were trying to hurt them even eventually blessed them somehow something happened and then they just fell in love with them again so I'm telling you this morning this morning it's a lesson we can learn from David okay um, and I want us to pray this morning I don't know what you are going through today I don't know what challenges you have in your life okay maybe you are struggling with making a decision okay to uh, to move on to new things maybe you have challenges in your life you have opposition against you from maybe someone who used to be a friend maybe you are like David this morning and uh, it seems your life is at stake I want you to pray that Lord you will keep me safe in the name of Jesus uh, maybe you are listening this morning you are supposed to go on a journey and you are afraid I want you to pray that the Lord will keep you safe. Your journey will be safe. Whether it's by air, by road, the Lord will keep you safe. Will you pray this morning? Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, just like you watched over David throughout all of his journeys, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you will watch over each one listening in this morning in the precious name of Jesus, that as they go on the road, Lord, as they fly in the air, I ask, Father, as they go on sea, their sheep will not capsize, their plane will not crash, their cars or train they are traveling in will not be involved in accidents. In the name of Jesus, someone is praying this morning that, Lord, you will turn the heart of their enemies around. Lord, you will cause their enemies to bless them. I am praying this morning that, Lord, it will happen because you will fight their battles in the precious name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you this morning. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord, because it keeps us in the name of Jesus. As your people, Lord, go today, I declare blessings upon them. I declare liftings upon them. I declare, Lord, that you are their shield and their buckler. So, Lord, you will defend them. You will protect them in the precious name of Jesus. In all their endeavors today, everything they lay their hands upon, Lord, let it prosper. Let your name alone be glorified. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.